long-expected party has finally arrived, and beneath its jovial surface lies a tapestry woven with threads of history and destiny. From subtle callbacks to Bilbo's epic journey and echoes of Middle-earth's ancient past, to the pivotal moment of Bilbo's speech and the extraordinary act of willingly passing the One Ring, there's much more to uncover than meets the eye. I'm Aaron, your guide through the realms of Middle-earth, and this is episode number 142 of Lore of the Rings. Together, let's embark on a journey through the next pages of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, let's wander. We are methodically exploring The Fellowship of the Ring. In the first chapter, we explored the gossip in the pub and the preparations for the long-expected party. Today, we wander the actual party and some of its after-effects, as we journey through pages 26 through 35 of the 2002 Houghton Mifflin edition of Fellowship of the Ring. Bilbo's birthday party has several direct connections to his adventure of 60 years ago. Toys from Dale, the shapes of fireworks, the giving away of birthday presents, the passing of the One Ring, a reference to Bilbo's birthday at Lake Town all those years ago, are just some of the many references to Bilbo's adventure. Indeed, it seems Bilbo had the habit of reminding people of his journey all those years ago. Quote, Sometimes, after a glass or two, he would allude to the absurd adventures of his mysterious journey. Note in that phrase the alliteration of allude to absurd adventures, which was a common medieval poetic device in which Tolkien was an academic expert. The giving away of presents is interesting. As to that action, Bilbo ascribes his motivation for the entire party, in order to make it easier to pass the ring to Frodo. Interesting that the narrator points out that these presents were, quote, unusually good, particularly when we think about the birthday present that Bilbo gained deep within the mountains, one that was unusually evil. And in both cases, the presents are connected with food. The hobbit children at the party, quote, almost forgot about eating, while Bilbo, almost became a meal for Gollum. Let's pause and take a look at the fireworks for a moment. In the opening pages of The Hobbit, fireworks are one thing that Bilbo remembers about Gandalf. Quote, Not the man that used to make such particularly excellent fireworks. I remember those. Great lilies and snapdragons and laburnums of fire and hang in the twilight all evening. But in Fellowship, Tolkien wants up himself, not giving a fleeting memory to fireworks, but nearly a whole page describing them. And lest we need reminding, quote, The fireworks were by Gandalf. They were not only brought by him, but designed and made by him. Gandalf is closely connected with the fireworks, or may we say the works of fire and displays of light, as a keeper of one of the three rings, the ring most often associated with fire. When Círdan, the elven shipbuilder, gave the ring to Gandalf, he said in part, quote, For this is the ring of fire, and herewith, maybe, thou shalt rekindle hearts to the valor of old in a world that grows chill. Through the rest of the Lord of the Rings, we will see Gandalf rekindling hearts, keeping alive the spark of hope, and orchestrating the fall of Sauron. Indeed, in this very chapter, we will see the real business of Gandalf, and the first instance of several where Gandalf will be accused of being, quote, an interfering old busybody. Gandalf's fireworks also draw upon all the various species forms of specialty fireworks, 
dwarves, elves, and even goblins. Interesting, though, there is no reference to a special firework from the race of mortal men. A few specific fireworks need special attention. Quote, there were green trees with trunks of dark smoke, their leaves opened like a whole spring unfolding in a moment, and their shining branches dropped glowing flowers. This firework was featured in Peter Jackson's movie, and I believe it is a direct reference to Laurelin, the golden tree of Valinor. Check out the description of Laurelin from The Silmarillion. Quote, she bore leaves of a young green, like the new opened beech. Their edges were of glittering gold. Flowers swung from her branches in clusters of yellow flame. Gandalf, as one of the Maiar, the class of spiritual beings, would have been present when the trees of Valar sprouted. And this firework is a direct callback to the splendid light of the two trees, and a precursor to the insight that Sam will have in a few months, that the events of the Lord of the Rings are the same tale as the two trees of Valinor. For more on the two trees, listen to episode 2, Light and Life. The grand finale of the fireworks, which Jackson stole as the intro to Merry and Pippin, was a firework that shaped into a mountain in the distance from which emerged a, quote, red golden dragon. And here let me point out an anachronism. The dragon flies over the heads of the hobbits, passing, quote, like an express train. To my knowledge, steam engines and express trains had not yet been invented in Middle-earth. But then again, we know the narrator is translating from Bilbo's memoirs, and so took some poetic license in this case. By the way, before we go on, did you know that you can buy me a figurative loaf of lumbus bread? Yeah. Jump online and go to buymeacoffee.com slash LOTR podcast, and you can make a financial donation to the show. Every little bit helps to keep this podcaster going. Let's move from the fireworks to take a look at Bilbo's speech. You are already likely familiar with this famous line, quote, I don't know half of you half as well as I should like and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. In the book, as well as in the movie, this line is met with near silence, as, quote, most of them were trying to work it out and see if it came to a compliment. So, let's work this out together, you and I. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like. Okay, this one is pretty easy. In this particular portion of the party, there are 144 hobbits inside the party tent with Frodo and Bilbo. Of half of the hobbits in attendance, 72, Bilbo knows them only half as much as he would like to, meaning that he would like to know these hobbits better, or at least twice as much better as he does now. That sounds like a compliment to me. The second part is trickier. I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve. Less than half equals 71 or less. Of these, Bilbo thinks they deserve to be liked by him more than he already does. So this line, depending on the hobbit, might be a compliment or a criticism. Bilbo likes most of the hobbits just as much as they deserve to be liked. However, some could be liked more than he likes them, such as the Saxville Bagginses. That said, this line from Bilbo is clearly in the tradition of establishing the connection between the original adventure of years past to the party today. Riddles were a key component of when Bilbo found the ring, Perhaps Bilbo saw this riddle as a way of helping him pass the ring to Frodo. Are you lost yet? Good, because I certainly am. Although not all those who wander are lost. Let's keep going. When we explored the first chapter of The Hobbit, I pointed out that the chapter started with a very well-fed and comfortable Bilbo. 
but that his uncomfort steadily increases as the chapter goes on. Likewise, in Fellowship, during Bilbo's speech, we see him taking the role of agitator and leading the very well-fed hobbits from comfort to uncomfort. He starts by calling out all their family names and stating the obvious, but then the riddle makes things, quote, unexpected and rather difficult. But Bilbo doesn't stop there. He insults his guests, calling them one gross because of their number. The response? Quote, no cheers. This was ridiculous. But the key moment of uncomfort is when Bilbo steps from the podium and vanishes. All the hobbits are astonished. Even Frodo, who was in on the joke, quote, felt deeply troubled. As I was preparing this episode, I was struck by an interesting fact. Yes, this chapter and this party are clearly the inverse from Bilbo's adventures when he found the ring. And yes, Bilbo is trying to mentally prepare himself to pass the ring to Frodo. As a reader, we've been treated to the gaffer's gossip in the pub, the local rumors, and even conversations between Gandalf and Bilbo, let alone a complicated speech by dear old Bilbo himself. But who haven't we heard from yet? Why the main character, or at least the theoretically main character, Frodo Baggins. So far, we have not had one line of dialogue, and very little action from Frodo himself. The beginning of this story is still focused on Bilbo and his adventure. I see in this fact a trick of transition that Tolkien is using. Tolkien started writing The Lord of the Rings because his readers were clamoring for more stories of hobbits, and the only hobbit they knew at the time was Bilbo Baggins. But as Bilbo steps down and vanishes from the eyes of the hobbits, and all attention turns to Frodo as the new head of the feast, in much the same way, Tolkien is trying to transition us, as wanderers in Middle-earth, from following Bilbo's adventures to the new generation of hobbits and their adventures. Of course, Bilbo isn't quite removed from the story yet. He has another significant interaction with Gandalf, and perhaps the most difficult choice to make in Middle-earth. We'll get to that right after this break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game, a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to wandering. Bilbo Baggins is perhaps the most unique person in all of Middle-earth. He was the only person who possessed the One Ring and also willingly gave it up. Yet even that act was not easy for him. 
It takes all his mental preparation, all his willpower, and even the help of his powerful and close friend Gandalf, plus a little chance of fate for Bilbo to give up the ring. His addiction to the ring is clear. He admits that he often thinks about it and obsesses over it, even playing with it throughout his whole speech. He shares that the ring has made him feel, quote, like an eye were looking at him. He can't rest if it's not near. Wow, that sounds a lot like us and our smartphones these days. Perhaps these screens are the tool of the enemy to ensnare us, to see our every thought and track our movements, and addict our attention to its will. Hmm. Anyway, Gandalf is able to finally convince Bilbo to give up the ring, having to employ some rather shadowy persuasion techniques. The giving away of presents to all those hobbits in the field below, quote, hasn't made it any easier in the end for Bilbo to give the ring to Frodo, but as Bilbo says, quote, it would be a pity to waste all my preparations. Ah, pity, there is that crucial word again. Pity played a crucial role in Bilbo's decision to give up the One Ring. Pity is not a word that we often associate with positive emotion today. However, pity can be defined as a feeling of sympathy, compassion, or empathy towards others, particularly in recognizing their suffering or struggles. It's the ability to understand and relate to someone else's pain or hardships, often leading to acts of kindness or mercy. It was this kind of mercy or pity that stayed Bilbo's hand from killing Gollum in the dark depths of the Misty Mountains, thus setting in motion his journey as a ring-bearer. By sparing Gollum's life out of pity, Bilbo demonstrated a fundamental compassion and empathy that went against the corrupting influence of the ring. This act of mercy marked the beginning of his time as the ring's custodian, imbuing his tenure with a sense of moral grounding. And as he concluded his time with the ring, it was again pity that guided his actions, recognizing the addictive nature of its allure and choosing to relinquish it for the greater good. Pity, therefore, became the key that unlocked Bilbo's resistance to the ring's attraction, reminding him of his inherent humanity and capacity for empathy amidst the darkness of temptation. Even so, with pity, the persuasion of his friend, and the passed-out presence, Bilbo forgets to take the ring out of his pocket. With a gentle reminder from Gandalf, quote, Bilbo took out the envelope, but just as he was about to set it by the clock, his hand jerked back and the packet fell on the floor. This little trick of fate, Bilbo dropping the envelope that contained the ring, was the final piece of giving up the ring. Did Bilbo's hand twitch, did Bilbo's hand twitch because he was about to not let the ring go? Could he have actually placed the envelope on the mantle and walked away? Or did another power need to intervene? Some fate that shook the envelope from Bilbo's hand. At any rate, Gandalf swoops up the envelope and puts it in its intended place. The ring is passed. After a hint of anger, Bilbo is relieved and he laughs. He is no longer the bearer of the One Ring. Finally, without the burden of the ring, Bilbo can return to his old self the true self that loved adventures on the road with dwarves, where he becomes the willing victim of his own warning to the younger hobbits that the road will sweep you off your feet. 
and we get the first of many instances of the road verse. One line in that poem says that the road, quote, joins some larger way. In that same way, Bilbo's journey with the ring has ended. Our adventure of following this hobbit is over. Our story and Frodo's road now joins a larger way. The war of the ring has begun. The fate of Middle-earth hangs in the balance, and four hobbits are about to be swept off their feet. But we'll continue that adventure next time. Thank you for wandering Middle-earth with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost.